a friend in need is a friend in podcast. That doesn't make any sense. It's Schmanners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? Uh, you know, what was, this is a new phase. Oh, yeah, we should say we're joined in, uh, in the studio this week by a very special guest, may become a recurring guest, uh, Baby Dot. Dorothy Madeline McElroy. Dorothy Madeline McElroy is here, four weeks old, bringing her podcast debut. There she is. We've been trying to find, she's a little more unpredictable than her older sister. So it's not always clear, like, when she's going to be quiet, when she's going to hang out. Oh, oh, there we go. Okay. So, Teresa Murray. Yes. We've been gone a couple weeks now. May I may I say that you had a little bit of a DJ moment just then? Oh, did I? Yeah, you uh, you adjusted some levels while we were talking, and I was quite impressed. Oh, thank you. I thought you meant like me straightening the papers oh, and saying, no. "Okay, <laughs> now to brass tacks." So this Sorry, week, yes. one, uh, I am uh, taking lead on this one. I'm very excited to talk about it, and we may find, I think, that the back and forth trading off may become more of a thing now that we have two spawn. Yes. So uh, this week, uh, I am I am taking lead. I'm very excited to talk about this because this is a thing anybody who knows me, even just through listening to podcasts, know that I talk about this a lot. Uh, and it's about friendship. Sure is. Which is a huge uh, topic. Hey, can we can we do the thing that we did when you suggested this topic? Oh, uh, do you mean when I said, "Oh, we should do friendship," and then you said, "Friendship, friendship, it's a perfect blendship when other friendships have been forgotten." Ours will still be hot. Oh, la, la, la. Good, good, good. I don't remember. Yeah, that. I don't remember that part. Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. I, I, friendship is very interesting to me, right? Because I, I consider myself, uh, a, but no, I am a person who, my friendships have, maybe not literally saved my life, but like made me not a complete butthole. You know what I mean? Like, can we say that on this? I think we can say that. Yeah. All right. Butthole. Um, Doesn't don't say it again. Beehole is that better? Has not made me Uh, a jerk. Yes. A meanie. A meanie. Right. Meanhead. Having friends who were able to say like, "Hey, you may not realize it, but you're kind of acting like a meanie head right now," has been very impactful for me. I take my relationships, my friendships, very, very seriously. I think that that's a that's a good thing. I think that you know we're always talking about you need to. Think about the relationship you have with the person, the relationship you're you're trying to cultivate, your um, and what it means to you is how you respond. So right. when someone comes to you and says, "You think that you're funny, but the things you say are mean," right? That is someone who is work who's trying to invest That's in a your real friendship. Friend. That's a real friend. Well, okay. Because if they didn't care about you, they wouldn't say that kind I of mean, stuff. I was they would just let this. it go and never contact you again. Right. 
I was going to save this for later, but I'll go ahead and drop it now because I'm sure I'll reference it a lot throughout the episode. And maybe I think this might end up being two episodes because it's a lot to talk about. But my metaphor of the friendship bank, which I use all the time, which is that friendship is a bank, right? And you can make deposits and you can make withdrawals. But at a certain point, if you become overdrawn, your account might be closed, right? Yep. And so, like, I think having someone in your life or multiple people in your life who say, hey, that's not funny that's mean or hey i feel like you are avoiding the issue or hey i think you have convinced yourself that you're fine but you're not or whatever all of travis's friends say hey a lot yeah they do or else i don't <laughs> listen because i'm a horse um and so like this is very important to me now let's get down to the nitty-gritty humans uh it will surprise no one who has youtube are not the only animals that make friends uh and in fact animals were making friends Long before humans were. Uh, you know, you've seen the ones of like the dog and the horse playing together. I'm like, just search animal friendships, folks. What are you doing listening to this so podcast? you're not even just talking about like symbiotic relationships. You're talking about actual like almost. Well, it is symbiotic. It's interesting that you would use that word, right? Because this is when we get into the science of it. It and this is something we'll touch on again and again and again. Philosophers have been fascinated by the idea of friendship for as long as there's been philosophy. Um, because you talk about symbiotic, right? So animals, for example, um, studies have found that bonding in male animals leads to superior competitive ability and better reproductive success. I imagine a lot of that has to do with being able to compete makes you strong. You know, sports, you know, sports. we're going to work out together until we'll get stronger together. Right. Having, I don't know, someone to hang out with makes you better. And well, in almost like in a, in a like you can kind of spar or play fight right. and build up your strength. Right. That's okay. the thing is we watch a lot of them nature documentaries and, you know, you see like the deer play fighting each other. He right? loves animals. Oh, shows. she does. Well. It's because we watch them. Yeah, that's um, true. And in female uh, animal relationships, the strongest friendships experience, uh, they, they have less stress, higher infant survival, and overall longer lives. That makes sense to me. Right. Um, because it takes a village. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the thing, right? Literally, think about it this way. Imagine a caveman, cave person, uh, out there, you know, walks outside of their cave uh, to go hunting. Oh, what's that behind them? It's a saber-toothed tiger, right? Now imagine two cave people together. One's keeping an eye back. One's keeping an eye forward. They're that much more likely to survive, right? Yes. And so at that point... It, did, it, did humans and saber-toothed tigers coexist? I'm pretty sure they did on the Flintstones. They did on the Flintstones. Okay. Good Listen, enough. that's not where my research was put. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then it, it goes even further where our relationships as humans as they evolved was much more like uh, a trade almost of like, hey, you're going to help me out because I'm good at this and you're good at that. You can farm and I'll build and right. So in it, it, that makes complete sense um, because when you have more people in a group, you can each specialize. Right. And you don't have to do everything yourself. You can you can delegate Right, and that uh, what we're talking about there is kind of um, relying on each other, having that kind of relationship of necessity. Now we're going to kind of start getting into the philosophy more of it, right? Okay. So philosopher Alain de Beton, or maybe 
Alan D. Botton, um, pointed out that friends are how we are, are now here to, quote, support us in our commitments, guide us gently away from risks, and help us to develop our thoughts and insights. The job of friendship has turned from physical to psychological, end quote. Now, this, once again, makes sense, right? Because having someone to watch your back to keep you from being attacked by a wild animal, right, okay, totally makes sense. But then partnering with the same person over and over again because you trust them because you like mm. that to me is like oh okay that's where it moves beyond and then it's also like okay even when we're done watching each other's backs out in the wild let's have let's eat what we hunted together right sure so i can see where it develops into it, it goes from just about survival to making your you a better person Dr. Sherry Jacobson points out that human beings are social and tribal creatures by nature. Friendships help us develop important skills like communication and commitment. Obviously, right? We've seen BB just in her three years. The more she gets to hang out with other people, adults or kids, the more she communicates, the more she understands like, oh, if I do this, it hurts them. But if I do this, it makes them happy. Right? Right. You tend to, it's. I think that morals are something that are really hard to develop in a vacuum, right? Because if you don't see the impact your actions have on others, you don't see the impact your actions have. That's one of the the big things about developing empathy in children. Like they really need to interact with each other in order to, to figure out the consequences of their actions. And not only that is uh, numerous studies uh, have found that having close personal friendships actually will lengthen your life. That oh, it tends cool. to, on average, give you a longer lifespan. So call your friends and say thank you. Um, now, or write a note. Or write a note. Yeah. <laughs> so th- that's the thing is okay. So let's go even deeper into the history, right? How the concept of friendship has developed, right? So. It's, as I mentioned, an incredibly popular topic for philosophers. Uh, Classic Greek and Roman philosophers like Aristotle and Cicero influenced how friendships were viewed well into the 18th century. Um, And it it was, (sighs) friendship was like this, like, topic. It's interesting because it's not surprising to me at all that, like, philosophers, sure, they talked about love. But if you remove passion, right, and you remove attraction, and you're talking about friendship, right, I think you can see where that would lean itself a little bit more to a logical conversation. Mm -hmm. Now, Aristotle actually separated the idea into three different types of friendship. Friendship for the sake of a benefit, friendship for mutual pleasure, and friendship founded on shared values. Okay. Um, Now, according to Aristotle... The last type of friendship was the rarest and therefore most sacred. Now, there were individual subcategories in there, uh, like hospitality, family ties, and even like specific friendships in regards to political leanings. But this makes a lot of sense to me as you think about it, right? Because we talked about for the mutual benefit, right? Of like, okay, I don't know how to farm. And if I try to farm, I'm going to starve. You know how to farm, but you don't know how to build. So you don't know how to build. You're going to die from exposure. So the two of us together, we can work together. It's kind of, think about it this way. It's what I, uh, I think it's like a buddy cop, you know, kind of comedy where it's like, you're a loose cannon and you're by the book. But when we work together, we get things done. But then the other side of it, right, for mutual pleasure is like, 
oh, uh, let's say we both really like uh, racquetball, right? Mm-hmm. We can go play racquetball together. We can go hang out, uh, you know, and see movies together. Um, we enjoy each other's company. And then there's the people where it's like, together, you make me a better person. I make you a better person. We share the same values, and we can kind of hold each other accountable for those values. And I definitely think that these Venn diagrams overlap. Oh, definitely. I mean, this is, remember, Aristotle, ancient, you know, Roman and Greek of like, we're hardcore, we're solving this thing, right? (laughs) And a a good indication of that is that these, uh, you know, classical Roman and, and Greek philosophers they kind of all agreed that friendships could only exist between men. Mm. Um, they thought that was because ugh, uh, that males were the only gender capable of having virtues. <laughs> um, so, oh, boy. <laughs> so there's that. That's something to do. If you're like, hmm, this is an interesting take on friendship. Yeah, 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 yeah. They weren't nailing it on the head every time. Um now, not, like I said, that was one of the few things that these classical philosophers agreed on. Um, they all differed. Uh, Socrates, uh, for example, thought that only people of virtue were capable of being a friend to someone and that friends should be united in sacred search of truth and wisdom, where Plato viewed it as more of a political action than an emotional one and believed that people from different social classes could never be friends. So... uh so you couldn't be friends if you guys, if you were thugs? Well, it, it was more of like, some people saw friendship as like, you are going to improve my morals and my spiritual growth. And other people were like, ah, by being friends with you, maybe socially you raise me up, but I also raise you up and are, we're mutually beneficial together. It's basically the calculus. I remember once uh, <laughs> when I was in college. And I was taking a directing course, right? And we had to cast, like, our classmates in the shows we were doing. Mm -hmm. And another classmate of mine got mad at me and said, you took all the best actors for yourself. And I responded, well, I happen to be friends with all the best actors. And then she got mad at me and said I was only friends with them because they were good actors. That's not true. Okay. But... Like, this is, I think, where you could have a very long argument about do you become friends with someone because you see that they could improve your life in some way, or do you become friends with someone because you love them? And is that mutually exclusive, right? Because I've had plenty of friends that I love very much, but maybe weren't a good influence on me and didn't make my life better and vice versa, right? I'd have people who were a good influence on me who, when it came down to it, wasn't always the person I chose to hang out with, right? So this is basically- What if you were the person? What if- uh, That's impossible. I was always the perfect person. (laughs) No, I mean, if you were the person that they thought could lift them up, right? Right. Or the person that they really felt- like it was great to hang out with you i guess i feel like i feel like this philosophy really only makes it so that you help each other in the same way well but you can be different things to different people and it doesn't always reciprocate absolutely this is this is where i think and listen who am i 
to say that Socrates and Plato and Aristotle were wrong, <laughs> but I think they were wrong. Okay. Uh, because I think that they were looking at it, like I said, they were trying to find the answer to it. And there like, is no why, one answer. Well, because I think that when it comes down to it, one, every relationship is different. And two, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive, right? Like, I have friends that when I met them, right, we both offered opportunities to each other, which sounds like a very cold and calculating way of looking at it. But they took different forms. But then I like, for example, I remember when I met Bradbury, who is now one of my like top five best friends. And like initially I was like, this is a cool dude who knows a lot of cool people. And I like all of them. Like I like hanging out with him and I like hanging out with his friends. I would like to hang out with him more. And then as I got to hang out with him more, I was like, oh, I truly love this person down to my deepest heart. You know what I mean? So it's like I didn't meet him and initially think, oh, I love this person down to my deepest heart. <laughs> right? You look at him and you think, I want to get to know him more because yeah. of these. Yes. It changes and develops Correct. is what you're saying. Yes. So the concept of friendship started to morph during the Middle Ages um, because they needed to make room for someone who has been on the scene for a while, but was really making a name for himself. And I'm talking about Jesus. Oh, boy. Yeah. So it, it started to be a lot more about like the role uh, of, of friendship um, in Christianity. Um, I, you know, love thy neighbor, um, the fellowship of like Christ and the apostles. Um, and not only that, it was also a lot of like, keeping each other, you know, on the straight and narrow, the morality of friendship. But the problem was, is that while all that was great, there was also in this uh, hyper-religious kind of time, they didn't want anyone to be too close because you shouldn't be closer to anyone than God. Like, your best friend is Jesus. That's a fine line. Right. And it was very strict of, like, love and intimacy of any kind was pretty frowned upon because it would take away from, you know, your time to spend with God uh, and Jesus. Um, so that luckily started to change uh, in the 12th century. Things got a little bit looser because they realized if God's love for us is endless, then surely our love for God can be endless, which means there's plenty of love to go around. Basically, they had the same realization that any parents who have had a second kid <laughs> have had to explain to their first kid of like, hey, I don't love you any less just because I love them because love is not a finite resource. Now, it continued to evolve through the Renaissance as well. And lo and behold, people started to think, huh, maybe men and women, uh, they can all be friends are with capable people. Of <laughs> yes, what if everyone can be friends? This is amazing. It's very possible that the reason we saw this big surge in like the idea of friendship and mm -hmm. the concept of friendship from 1300s to 1600s is there was a lot of like war and upheaval and plagues and and well, so and, people were looking for comfort right of like hey we're back to that survival but not just physical survival of like when you're down when you're like I don't know if I'm gonna make it through this I don't know if we're gonna make it through this is this the end times all of that it was it was friendship became more and more important. 
And then that kind of got screwed up by the Age of Enlightenment a little bit because it started to revert back to like, you want to be friends with people who are as intelligent as you are. You want to be friends in the same class as you are. You want to be friend like. That kind of, mm. yes, of course it makes sense. It's but bad. It, it feels almost backwards to me for something called the Enlightenment. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. But I guess classicism is kind of, you know, the, 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 what do you, the bedrock of the Enlightenment. So if we're going yeah. back to the classics, I also get... think it's a misunderstanding. And it's something that I think today we still try to deal with in popular culture, which is a misunderstanding of like what constitutes a good influence. And you know what? I'm going to talk more about that idea here in a second. But first, a thank you note for our sponsors. Hi, folks. Travis here with some uh, thank you notes for our sponsors. First, uh, this is a big thank you, both for being our sponsor and as uh, new parents yet again. Thank you to DoorDash, uh, because listen... You know, you're sitting there, you're hungry, and you look in the fridge and you say, oh, I hate all of this. What am I going to do? And you're like, oh, but I don't want to just order pizza, right? I'm not in the mood for that. And listen, I'm 36. This is going to give me a tummy ache. Well, DoorDash is here to help. They have a selection uh, from your favorite restaurants from across the globe. You can order world cuisine from the comfort of your living room with DoorDash. Ordering is easy. You just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 310,000 restaurant partners in 4,000 cities, so you might find a new one too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 U.S. states, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle and the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code SCHMANNERS. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code SCHMANNERS. Don't forget, that's code SCHMANNERS for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. We also want to say thank you to Bluevine because, listen, owning a small business is tough, and sometimes cash flow just isn't moving at the speed of your business. Through Bluevine, you can secure a business line of credit in as fast as five minutes. Whether you need money to offset upfront costs, secure inventory, or pay an unexpected expense, through Bluevine, you can help yourself and your business to stay secure for any reason. Applying is easy. Just go online to getbluevine.com slash schmanners, fill out a few simple details, and you're done with your application within minutes. Bluevine also has advisors available by phone to answer any questions and help meet your business needs. For listeners of the show, Bluevine is offering a special limited time promotion of a $100 gift card when you take out a loan or open a line of credit with Bluevine. Go to getbluevine.com slash schmanners for more details. All you have to do is go to getbluevine.com slash schmanners and apply. That's quick, easy, and a meaningful way to help your business in as little as 24 hours. This promotional offer is, offer is subject to terms and conditions that can be found at getbluevine.com slash schmanners. Okay, back to the show. Okay, so my, my point is that I think during this time period, as is true with a lot of uh, misguided parents in teen comedies think that (laughs) a good influence is somebody on the same, like 
it, you you're gonna get bad grades if you hang out with that bad kid, right? That mm-hmm. it's like a one in one thing, yeah. as opposed to you know what, someone doesn't have to be as smart as you or as rich as you or come from the same background or any of that stuff to improve your life, to bring something to the party, to and it doesn't just because you know once again teen comedies just because they teach you to relax a little bit doesn't make them a bad person. <laughs> Well, and also, if we're talking about teen comedy kind of tropes, um, you can have more in common than at first meets the eye, right? Right, exactly. So that's, that's where my friendship thing, by the can way, develop. Just to, in, in movies or TV shows, I am a su- or books or any kind of media, I'm a sucker for two unlikely friends. My, a great example of this is in Parks and Recreation uh, between Ben and Andy, the two of them like becoming basically like brothers makes you so happy. <laughs> that kind of stuff makes you seeing Ben and basically Ben and everyone makes <laughs> you <just> so happy. <laughs> but like that kind of thing is like, oh, I, I will I will eat that up. Anytime you're like, these two shouldn't be friends, but aren't they great together? I'm like, yes, they are. They are terrific together. Thank you so much. So um, in the Enlightenment, there was also a rise in skepticism about friendship. Uh, La, oh. La Rochefoucauld, L-A-R-O-C-H-E-F-O-U-C-A-U-L-D, Rochefoucauld, sure, Sure. um, wrote, quote, what people call friendship is nothing more than a trade in which personal interests always prevail and people manage to secure additional benefits for themselves, end quote. What what a dreary outlook. Right. Because here's the way I look at that is like the phrasing it that way makes it sound bad. But if you said friendship is a partnership in which both people get something positive out of it, that's a much nicer way to say it, right? It like, sure is. It sure is. Right. Yeah. Okay. I I think it's a good thing if two people in a friendship end up benefiting each other, right? Because the opposite of that is toxic. Right? Like, people should come out of a friendship saying, being friends with you made me better. Yes. That's great. And that was pretty much how friendship stayed through, like, the 18th and the 19th centuries. And, like, you know, a friend with someone with similar interests who would help you out if you were having a hard time. Then, urbanization upped people's social lives because now you could go to cafes you could ah. go to restaurants. You could go to pubs together. There was this now developing middle class that was like, hey, we have downtime. Right. Do you want to go see a play with me? Do you want to go have a meal out on the city? Do you want to, like, stroll through a park? Like, we have time to do these things, right? And this is also where we see more of, like, parlors and teas and this kind of thing is being these social events where it wasn't necessarily about like, oh, great, you're going to help me get a better job or learn to read and write. Mm -hmm. But just like, I like passing time with you. Now, I, I definitely agree with this assertion. But I also want to remind our listeners that there was still a lot of classism. There was still a lot of like segregation of genders and things like that. So it's not like everybody was like hanging out all the time with everybody. Well, there was was there was still like a kind of like levels. The thing is, though, the other thing about urbanization and this time and kind of the industrial being able to like see 
lives outside of your immediate sphere was friendship also started to develop in like, I am passionate about this cause too, right? So we started to see things developing like the the actual concrete idea of feminism because people who have downtime, people who are social can talk about things beyond immediate, like, do we have enough food for the winter? Mm. Will the roof holes, right? And you start to be like, hey, it's pretty frustrating that, like, we don't vote, right? That's kind of bad, right? Once you have downtime and time to actually explore issues, you start to find people who, stuff like the equal rights um, for, you know, people of color and for women and for everybody, right? That's where we see it start to develop in like the late 19th century and the 20th century because people started to band together through relationships not just over uh shared interests but shared causes shared ideals right so when the 20th century began uh some pretty bad stuff happened there in the first like 40 years Mm -hmm. that led to people realizing like i need to choose my own community right that my my group doesn't have to be the, you know, the 20 people on the street, you know, that I live on, right? Because maybe those people are bad. Okay. And maybe, like, I want to find people, um, like, it, it, it started to be getting through things like world wars, right? How, you have to build community on that. Um, and... So, this was also the time, unfortunately, where the idea, well, positive and negative. This is where the idea of, like, friendship is for men flipped. And here, in about, like, the really early 1900s, we started to see, like, oh, women are emotional. Men are not emotional. So, women can be friends with each other because that's an emotional commitment. They can talk to each other about their feelings and stuff. Mm. Men don't do that. So, men... Which, listen, there is a laundry list of reasons why men were considered to... Why it was no longer considered manly to be emotional. Air Uh, quotes, manly. Yeah, most of them are horribly homophobic. um, But... And a lot of it has to do with advertising, but that's another show. So this then became like for a long time, like female friendships were much more understandable and much more like people were like, ah, I see why those two ladies would get together and talk about their emotions. We don't do that. A bill. (laughs) You know, sports, sports, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) So. Um, the new century also threw out the rules of the only being friends with someone in your social class again, right? Okay. We started to see much more social mobility, a lot more uh, of like, oh, you know, the wrong side of the tracks kind of that we don't hold to that as much. And a big part of that was the automobile. Ah. Right? Because you could go from your estate into town and <laughs> hang out, right? As opposed to, for a long time, it was like, if, I mean, if you really think about it, only people with money and means could travel to each other's, like, houses, you know, take a right. carriage or whatever, right? And so there wasn't a lot of, like, what if we just, like, went into town and hung out? 
that didn't happen as much. So with the automobile and the trains and buses, right, it became a lot easier for everyone to travel and kind of intermingle and say like, oh, you're cool. Oh, I like this music. What do you call this? Ah, uh, picture shows or whatever. <laughs> you know how. The, the talkies. Y- yes. Yeah, you know. And then, I mean, add on to that airplanes and then the internet right right like that that it friendship just i think really from like beginning of 19th century to now it's or sorry hmm, 1900s exploded right because we started to be able to if, if you think about it there were people for a long time whose full idea of the world was whatever they read in the newspaper right if that and the like 10 mile radius of their right. house. And so for a long time, people didn't even understand this is what this person's life is like. And you share a lot more than you think you do, where it was just like whatever opinions they'd formulated in their heads dictated to them whether or not they should be friends with that person. Yeah. And then as people got to travel and understand and share information faster and faster, they were able to say like, oh, you like that? I like that. Oh, this is cool. Great. So... We have a lot more to talk about with friendship. And so we're going to turn this into a two-parter. Uh, next week, I'm going to talk about famous friendships in history. Oh, boy. Um, one of them involves Andre the Giant. It's really good. <laughs> um, <laughs> Spoilers. Yes. And we're going to talk about um, if you can define the feeling of friendship. And we're also going to take your audience questions. Um, let's see. So before we wrap up the episode, though, oh, so rusty. We need to talk about some, uh, well, first and foremost, let me say thank you to our assistant, Alex, who yes. we is, helped me research this, couldn't, literally could not have done it without her, couldn't have done the last four weeks without her. <laughs> she has been indispensable. Um, we also want to say, oh, we've got uh, My Brother, My Brother and Me live show and an Adventure Zone live show coming up in Cincinnati, February 19th and 20th. Uh, Schmanners will not be performing there, but Sawbones is going to open uh, for My Brother, My Brother and Me. You can get those tickets at McElroy.family. Uh, thank you to Maximum Fun for being our podcast home. Let's see, Teresa, what else? Let's see if I can do this. <laughs> thank you to Brent, Brentofloss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Also, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. You can reach us at SchmannersCast, and that's where we take all of our audience questions. Thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover photo of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. Go ahead and join that on Facebook if you love to get get and give excellent advice from other fans of the show. Um, wait, there's one more, right? Brent, do we I say said Brent. Uh, did you Alex. email us? Yes, email. So if you would like to suggest a topic for our show, please email us at uh, schmannerscast at gmail.com. Very good. Um, because it is far easier to search through the, the inbox than it is to search through tweets. Um, but you can tweet at me. I am Teresa McElroy. I'm at Travis McElroy. Um, and then, oh gosh, I think that's it. I think, I think that's we it did too. It. Yes. Thank you all so much. Listen, um, I know we were gone for a couple weeks, and I appreciate everyone's understanding. By the way, Baby Dot is doing great. Uh, BB loves her. 
uh, to the point of we just have to stop her from like laying on top <laughs> of her and hugging her, her all the time. It, baby daughter's her baby daughter's her new favorite toy. Um, <laughs> so thank you, uh, and we're excited to be back and get back in the swing of things. So thank you all so much. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manner Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.